Who's cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs? No, who's cuckoo for birthday cake? Me. Welcome to episode 28 of the Mutant Musings podcast. It's the middle of July, so we'll be discussing some new comics and some classics. I'm your host, Jonathan, and with me as always is the most yummest hummus, Patty. Here's your friendly reminder that you can leave us a comment on geekade.com or One Million to Save Wolverine and the X-Men on Facebook. Leave us some feedback on iTunes and follow us on Instagram at mutant underscore musings underscore podcast. We post some of our favorite X-Men and X-Men related images every day and we hope you like them. And we want to hear from you because we like you. Ask a question. Share a gripe. Agree. Disagree. Objection. Also... We hope that you like explicit language, because we use a lot of it. And if you don't want the kids learning some new words that they'll undoubtedly use in inappropriate situations, maybe by telling the kindergarten teacher that the letter F is for fuck off, lady, then put them to bed. You're the parent, you make the bedtime, and the two of us are here to back you up on it. Do you remember that book, uh, Go the Fuck to Sleep? Yeah, actually, I never read it. Did you ever read it? I didn't, but you can get an audiobook, and it's narrated by... um... Samuel L. Jackson. Yeah, Samuel L. Jackson, and I love him. Yeah, because I think it was Morgan Freeman that did, like, the, the, the like, nice go-to-sleep yeah, yeah, book. Yeah. So then they made the go-to-fuck-to-sleep. And I think they also uh, made one, like, you have to fucking eat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I gotta read these I, books. I know, I just want the audiobooks. Like, <laughs> I just I just love Samuel L. Jackson. He's, like, he's a so badass. Ver- he's so versatile. He, he can is. do everything. You think he's verse? What? You think he's verse? Does that mean? You need a gay friend. What? <laughs> Uh huh. The only verse I am is Versace. <laughs> oh, that's right. So fucking lame. And you oh, give me shit God. for my fucking jokes. Whatever. That, that was, was terrible. That was beautiful. That was terrible. That was, that was a quote from <clears throat> uh, by Aquaria from RuPaul's Drag Race. In case you guys are still uh, following my other favorite. So before we get started, uh, just quick poll: What's your favorite kind of birthday cake? Peanut butter cheesecake. Yeah, that's a good one. <laughs> that's my favorite that's kind a good of. One. That's my favorite kind of everything. I really, I'm really uh, fond of funfetti. <laughs> um, you know, it's it's fun, which I feel like I can be fun. So I feel like that's the cake that I most relate to. Yeah, it's got like sprinkles and it's a lot of colors. You seem like a, f- and it just tastes like sugar. You seem like a funfetti type of person. Yeah, right. I don't think I seem and like it's rainbow. I don't think I seem like a peanut butter cheesecake type of person. I feel like I'm more of like a sleepy cheesecake kind of person. Sleep- like a sleepy tea. A sleepy tea. A sleepy tea. Yeah, I'm a. Sl- I'm a, I'm not. I'm not any sort of cake. I'm just a sleepy tea. Jonathan had to describe himself in one word. And he picked the word tired. Yeah, I'm. I'm starting. I'm starting a new class on on Monday. Um, the last class I have to take for for my undergrad. Forever. Yeah. Um. And yeah, hopefully forever. But uh, yeah, it was an autobiographical survey sort of thing. So there were some fun questions. But one of them was like, you know, describe yourself in one word. I'm sure there are students in the class that were like uh fun um creative up, upbeat and i'm just like what best describes me let's be real about this i'm tired so fine i put he tired. is legitimately aizawa from my hero academia yeah and fyi that uh that that article is still there on geekade.com about my hero academia it's not going anywhere so you can you can go read that after this episode <laughs> um all right so we have a lot of comics that we have to talk we about we do I, I I say that sometimes, um, but just know that I've I've been lying to you all. That this is the time that I'm telling the truth. Jonathan I, is being super extra today. Yeah, I'm 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 being real transparent with you guys. Lots of comics to talk about, um, and we're gonna get to some of the classics later. 
but first, we got to talk about X-23 number one, because this is a new series after all new Wolverine ended. And we got a new writer, Mariko Tamaki. And Patty brought to my attention that this lady was getting, uh, what was she getting? Death threats or something? Yeah, she was getting like death threats harassed? and like harassed, rape threats and stuff like that. I don't know. I don't, I didn't like look into it. I was just informed of this. I assume it's just because she's a woman and she's writing a comic. Yeah, people need to calm the fuck down. Yeah, you need to calm the fuck down. You need to go the fuck to sleep. Not you, the listener. You can stay up. You can stay up with us. You don't need to go to sleep. Stay up with us and and listen to the podcast. But I'm sure if you're listening to us, you're probably pretty nice people because you actually tolerate listening to us for like an hour. So thank you for that. Thank you. But um, yeah. So so I I was actually concerned about this and, you know, I mentioned that. Before? How it was going to be? Yeah. Yeah. Not because it was a woman writer. Yeah, Obviously, yeah. Right. I am a woman. Just because it's not Tom Taylor. <laughs> yeah, because it's not Tom Taylor. But... I was pleasantly surprised by this. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, obviously, X-23 had been written by... Marjorie Lou. Marjorie Lou, yeah. who is fucking... Just go look up a picture of her now. She is Sexy as hell. so fucking adorable. Mm-hmm. I want to squeeze her cheeks. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously, she did an amazing job on X-23. I don't care yeah. what you say. If you if you disagree with me, you can fight me. Right, and I'll, I'm just dis- I'm disabled, so you're gonna feel real bad no, if you fight a disabled I'm person. I'm not gonna feel bad. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna push you off the chair and then tickle you. <laughs> Thanks. Um, no, I thought I thought Marjorie Lou's X twenty three series was okay. Uh, you know, some of it was real good from what I remember, and some of it was just all right. It definitely wasn't bad, but I don't think it was fucking amazing. It was think, fucking amazing. I think Tom Taylor has done the best, one of the best jobs <sighs> with this character Man. so far. Am I um, right? But Men? this... <laughs> fuck? No, but this this issue was good. And oh, it, this issue was so good. And it opened up really strong because it had this montage of, um, you know, X-23's past by Juan Cabal, and he's a great fucking artist. Uh, just immediately in the first few pages, you know, you get this, this little battle with these, like, armored dudes, and then you see that they're... I don't know what Honey Badger called them, like pistachio-looking guys. Yeah, because the one that she was fighting was green, and she said that he smells like a used Band-Aid. Yeah, no, that was funny. And so, like, immediately, I get the sense that Mariko understands Honey Badger. It it felt like, you know, it felt like Tom Taylor never left in, in that regard. The same sort of humor, same dialogue, it just felt, like, so natural. The only thing that struck me as weird, and this is, like, a really minor gripe, but I have to point it out is when X-23 is, like, falling through the air with one of them, she's, like, going down express, and I'm like, X-23 wouldn't say that, though. Like, she's not gonna be... I don't feel like she's gonna be silly in the middle of, like, some sort of battle, you know what I mean? That, But I that's agree. literally the only thing that struck me as odd about this issue. Okay, the thing that struck me as odd is how they kind of drew X-23. They made her look like she's 30. Really? Yeah, so? I felt like she looked... A lot older. I mean, obviously, I'm not saying that 30 is old. You know, I'm almost there. Uh, Jonathan has already passed that, that point. Sailed. Yeah. But, you know, she's supposed to be a lot younger than Kitty and, you know, the original X-Men and stuff. But she looks like she's, like, the same age. And, you know, while I was reading this, I was like, I kind of feel like, you know, my love for X-23, you know, is going to have to get passed on to Honey Badger. Because, like, X-23 isn't, like, you know, a salty 16-year-old anymore. Now she's 42. She has a full-time job. She has a 401k and a Roth IRA. What is it with you fucking cougars? (laughs) Always going after the fucking young ones. 
Jesus Christ. You can't deal with somebody your own age, Patty? You gotta go she's, with one of the youngins? she's not, like, 26. She's not supposed to be that old, you know? She's supposed to, like, at most, she should be, like, 20 or 21. So, like, you know, we could see her So drink. that's your, that's your cutoff? Yeah. That's your cutoff? Yeah, after 21, like, you're, once they you graduate, stop being interested. Once they graduate college, yeah, it's just, like, old. forget it. It's all yeah. downhill from there, you know? Uh-huh. I'm, I'm gonna have a full-time 40-hour-a-week desk job. I mean, my life is already over. You'd fit in perfectly in this title. There would be, you know, <laughs> X-23, Honey Badger. And Patty Cougar. Right. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, you know, these are minor gripes. I think anyway. Mine certainly is. It's just something I noticed that was a little off. I didn't really notice what you're talking about, but you're probably Fine. right. I'll have to go- no, I'll have to go back and look at it. I just didn't make a mental or obviously physical note of that. Um, but I'll have to go back and look. Also, something that I wanted to mention as a cosplayer is how fucking annoying it is. That they change costumes all the time. Mm. And Honey Badger has a different outfit, even than the one that she's wearing in X-Men Red. And the former mm. costume that she had with, like, the, you know, like, hockey arm pads that, yeah. like, were painted, like, Wolverine's <laughs> yellow and blue. Mm-hmm. What happened to that? Why is she wearing, like, red and orange now in this title? It doesn't make sense to me. I don't know. That's that's an interesting point, though. Like, are, is, are, there, are they going to be consistent with that? Like, are they going to move that over to X-Men Red? Because I think uh, Mahmoud Asrar is no longer going to be on X-Men Red, which kind of sucks. But we'll see if the costume changes there. I think it's kind of interesting when they get costume changes, though. It gives you a little bit more to work with instead of, you know, I mean, like, a few years ago, everybody cosplaying X-23 had to dress the same exact way. You know what I mean? And now there's a couple yeah, of different choices. I feel like I couldn't even wear my Honey Badger costume anymore because that yeah, was, like, the clothes that she was wearing before she got a costume. It was just, like, the yellow pants with the pink X's on them yeah. and, like, the sweater. Yeah, but it looked wonderful, and you should do it again. And the people Maybe. and only, the, the people who mattered are the ones who recognized you. Right, the the three people who recognized right, me. Right, and those are the people that matter, so fuck the rest of them. <laughs> All right, so, so yeah, this was... I thought that the, the rest of this was a pretty great issue. I'm kind of concerned about the cuckoos. I loved when they showed up, you know, but they're back to their creepy looks, uh, looking the same again. I kind of liked how they evolved had sort of different personalities, yeah. different hair like that. But the, this is a nice throwback to see them this way. Um, I loved Gabby getting a fist pump from one of them for, like, clone power. And, like, you know, that's kind of the humor that we're we're used to. Uh, it just, you know, and then the conversation between Laura and Gabby just felt natural about birthdays and Gabby throwing a temper tantrum about wanting not just a cake but a birthday cake. You know what I mean? I like, can relate. Absolutely. I get being a kid and wanting a birthday cake. Like, you know, it just it just really characterizes her very well it's like you know she's been through some shit you know that she can kill you but she's also a kid and just this was a really good job on the part of the writer here and uh laura was like shut up and eat your baklava and (laughs) and gabby's just like stupid Stupid baklava baklava. yeah it's great it's great absolutely it works i am concerned about the cuckoos though you know what i mean like they were they were carrying a birthday cake and gabby was like you know your birthday and they're like oh we made it up because was it Sophie or whatever, his favorite actor? They just, like, took his birthday? Yeah, yeah. Um, from, uh, like, the show Small Town or something instead of, like, Smallville. So I thought that that was a cute, uh, a cute reference. But, um, you know, this is kind of upsetting, though, because I like the Cuckoos, and they're, they're doing some fucked up shit right now trying to clone, you know, and bring back uh, Sophie and Esme. And I'm like, why? Like, it's not that I don't want to see the two of them, but... You know, Esme is kind of evil, 
And I don't feel like anybody's going to be happy, first of all, that they're, like, kidnapping scientists and that they're trying to clone and bring back their dead sisters. Um, but especially, like... And Esme and Sophie also, um, the the three existing ones went to go visit them wherever they captured the scientists. Yeah. And they looked like they were, like, 80. Oh, man. They, they were, were in, such in bad shape. real bad shape. So, so sad. So, yeah, I'm wondering, like, how they brought them back exactly yeah. and, like... It's it's so hard with them because you can't tell which one is which. So one of them was trying to kill the other one. It was Sophie. Sophie it was, was so- trying to kill Esme? No, no, no. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It was um Esme killing Sophie. Esme okay. was the bad one. When they were all alive back in um the original new X-Men, she's the one who defected and went over to, like, quote-unquote Magneto's side. So she's the quote-unquote bad one. I don't know. I just feel like th- there was some sort of part of their DNA left over, somehow they managed to grow a fetus from it or whatever, accelerate the growth, and now we have Esme and Sophie. But yeah, they look They're like dying. shit, and it's really, really sad. And, and Esme had, like, X-23's blood or whatever. It was weird. It was yeah. Esme killing Sophie? That's kind of what it looked like. I don't I don't, I don't, don't know. But and I'm that kinda... kind of defeats the whole purpose of them trying to, you know, be the 5-in-1 again. I guess... I don't know. We'll see what happens with that. I'm really interested to see what happens next. Um, this was a great issue, a great setup. The whole theme of birth and birthdays for these clones is, like, wonderful. It's perfectly fitting because it's not really something that you think about or, or that they ever talk about in the comics. I am pissed, though, that X-23 never told Gabby on that day that it was her birthday. Yeah. It would have been so cute to see Gabby flip a shit and want to, like, do something special for her, you know? Yeah, and uh, so I, I really enjoyed this issue, you know, despite my misgivings with it. I thought it was great. I think that they should have some kind of support club. For clones, a clone, clone club. Um, yeah, so that, you know, I mean, obviously these people have a lot of issues, so maybe they can get through them together. I don't know. <laughs> Find a clone support club. All right. Yeah, because, you know, there were idea. the Clone Wars, so, you know, what comes after the Clone Wars? Oh, the clone man. Oh, okay. All right, fine. <laughs> All right, so moving on, we're going to talk about Astonishing X-Men number 13 because we got a new creative team on it. And uh, we're we're gearing up for a new actual X-Men team here. Uh, we got Matthew Rosenberg writing it. And he's fine. And then fucking Greg Land. I can't wait until they switch him out for somebody else. And they had the Dazzler variant cover. So that's the one that I got. It, I, I really enjoyed most of this issue, though. It was really funny kind of seeing Alex back to trying to be a good guy and falling so very short of it. Taking out I can that, relate. Taking out that monster... Uh, and the Avengers are like, what the fuck are you doing? We had a deal, Iron Man is like, you know, we had to deal with the, with the Mole Man and to relocate this thing, and you just like, hurt it and like destroyed this building or whatever and so and, like do you know how hard it was to get the mole man to cooperate with us yeah and, like it's the mole man yeah and like how hard it was to do all this stuff like did you wonder why there was nobody in the streets or whatever <laughs> yeah because we already vacated everybody <laughs> and he just caused like two million dollars in property damage and alex is just like oops uh my bad yeah but no it, it it worked out nicely though you know and they Cap- were treating him like he was like stupid or like incompetent or something and you know captain america was like oh you know i know i know a thing or two about being mind controlled or whatever yeah but the thing is like they're treating him like he's cap again and it hasn't been too long since you know he got down with the bad side 
And, you know, they're still treating Alex like he's maybe still a villain, maybe just a little child who's trying to play superhero. Yeah, well, that's why I appreciated Captain America going over and talking to him. You know, I mean, Tony Stark is kind of a douchebag, so it made sense for Tony. Kind of. Yeah, it made (laughs) sense for him to be saying all this shit to Alex and for Captain America to take him off to the side and be like, listen, get out of here. Go take some time for yourself. You know, I mean, to me, that made sense. But it was kind of funny. And the next thing I noticed is when they have the Reavers going to take out Miss Sinister. And, you know, they do take her out and they're trying to capture her. And they mention Mr. M. And he was this uber powerful mutant that, to my knowledge, was last seen at the end of the 198. And then he just kind of, quote unquote, evolved and disappeared. So the Reavers made mention of him that, like, they didn't want another situation with Miss Sinister like they had with Mr. M. I'm like, is that dude still around? He was really powerful. He could pretty much do anything. So I don't see the Reavers being very successful in that regard. But that was kind of an interesting interlude. And I'm noticing that the Reavers are getting used a lot over the past year or two. And I, and I like that because I'd like them as, as villains. They have interesting designs. and I, I must have completely <clears throat> just skimmed over that Mr. M thing. I thought that they were saying Master Mold. <laughs> and so that's... That's what I was reading because I'm reading a bunch of other comics and I was like, oh, Mastermind. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. That's why I take notes. <laughs> but, but also, also, I mean, to be fair, there are M's in Mr. M and there are M's in Mastermold. True. So, I mean, it is similar. And Mastermind. Right, and so it Mastermind. Been, it could have been literally any of those It things. could literally have been anybody. It could have been anybody. So Havoc goes right to the fucking, uh, goes right to the school, but I'm looking at the art and... Somebody said, um, like, they're ready for you, and it looked like karma, but it was armor. And so, like, I I know they're both Asian, and they look a little similar, but I just, I saw that, and I was like, fucking Greg Land! Um, I just, I can't complain enough about the art. There was uh, one picture that I showed Jonathan, and it was Colossus and some girl with blonde hair. And I literally could not tell if it was Emma or Magic (laughs) or fucking anybody else with blonde hair. It was, I'm like, who the fuck is this? It could be anybody. That's why it's, like, important to have these, you know, costumes that really set them apart. Yeah, and, like, distinguishing characteristics. Yeah. And even, like, Jean, when they draw Jean, she's always wearing green and yellow. So you can tell it's Jean and not, like, Madeline or a fucking uh, hope or We don't want to make that mistake with Madeline again. (laughs) Yeah. So, yeah, I liked how Alex just, like, goes into this classroom and he's talking talking to, like, the young X-Men and Rockslide just, like, raises his hand and he's like, aren't you a terrorist? (laughs) And Alex was like, no, not anymore. And he, like, raises his hand again and he's just, like, asking these stupid questions. Like, but you were just, like, 30 minutes ago, right? Yeah. I, I, I love rock slides and so much. Alex was about to call him a motherfucker. He just, the, the expression on his face was hilarious. How angry he got before, like right before Kitty came in and took him out of there. And they didn't set that up at all. So I thought that like they gave Alex a class to yeah, teach. That's what I thought too. And I'm like, yes, get this team in here. Make Alex in charge of Shark Girl, Rock Slide, Pixie, like all of them. Put him in charge of them. And then, you know, Kitty drags him out and she's like, get the fuck out of my school. Like, I own the name X-Men. Yeah, uh, Alex is like, you don't own the X-Men. And Kitty was like, actually, I do. I inherited the title from Xavier when he died. (laughs) That was hilarious. And he was like, well, fuck. Yeah, the writing of this issue was was really great. I really enjoyed it. I I, I like kind of seeing Alex trying to come back. 
Like, this is immediately, like, this just happened that, like, his, his mind went back to sort of normal. He's trying so hard to, like, be the good guy. He's trying so hard to get back to the way things were. And, you know, everybody's kind of foiling that right now. Captain America's like, no, go find yourself. Shadowcat's like, no, fuck you, get out of my school. Um, so he goes and sees Beast, and the Reavers attack them there. And so this was amazing. I will give Greg Land's credit for this, because this was an amazing final page, is that uh, the fucking doors to this, like, containment unit open, and out flies Banshee screaming. And that was amazing. Oh, yeah, that picture of him was creepy as fuck. Yeah, it was. And it was great. It was great. But one thing I just thought of now is, like, how much of what Alex has been going through is very similar to what, you know, people have to go through when they get out of jail. Yeah, You know, um, people, like, don't know whether they can trust them. They can't, like, find housing or jobs. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you're pretty much, like, on your own. Yeah. Like, even though, you know, like, I, you know, was in a desperate situation, I wasn't in control of myself, you know, I I want to get better and help people, and, like, everybody is just always thinking the worst of you. Yeah, look So at- I think that's a good analogy. Yeah, yeah, right? Because everybody has, like, you know, some sort of dark, bad side in them, or, they, or the, the capability to do bad things. I'm not necessarily talking about murder, but we all have, like, a darker side to us, and so here's Alex, who... The darker side was in control for a while, and like now that that's gone, and he's back to being his quote unquote self. You know, everybody like nobody wants to give him another chance. It was cool to see Beast kind of hear him out and talk to him, and then you know Banshee flies out, and I love how it ended on that. The last time we saw Banshee was uh, he was a horseman for the Apocalypse Twins. He's got like the Death Seed inside of him, and Beast. You know, it was just like a really quick throwaway panel beast is like it may take years for me to undo the damage done to him and then like we haven't seen him for a couple of years since uh that story in okay, uncanny i don't avengers. remember that yeah i don't know if you were reading uncanny avengers at i was the time. not so that's <laughs> news to me thank you <laughs> yeah and that was pretty much it to my knowledge last time we've seen or heard anything about banshee and then all of a sudden the shit the doors open and out he flies and you know it's kind of scary and kind of sad but I'm I'm curious to see what happens with Banshee next. And I also thought it was funny that, you know, when he's in the lab with Beast or whatever, and these guys just show up and just start breaking shit and stuff, Beast is like, look at what you did. You know, <laughs> like, I was fine just doing my science and teaching classes or whatever, and you bring these bad guys, and then, you know, the bad guys are just like, Hank, we're here for you. And Alex was like, ha! <laughs> yeah right not it's my not fault. me this time bullshit though the reavers never would have gotten into harvard they're a bunch of fucking morons <laughs> <laughs> so yeah it was a it was a great issue uh i'm i'm curious to see what happens with alex going forward and what happens and banshee. with banshee going forward banshee. so moving on we've got Miss what banshee that's fucking Miss terrible banshee all right great <laughs> great stop trying to make that happen <laughs> All right, next up is uh, New Mutants, Dead Souls, number five. So I love this series, and I love how fucked up it is. Uh, We didn't talk about the last issue, and we're not going to get into it much, but, like... I really believed for a little bit that Richter had died. It was they said. Yeah, I up thought that I missed something. So believe I'm like, what the fuck did he really die after that the incident on the plane? Like it was just so messed up. And in this issue. They break into Stranger's Sanctum Sanctorum, and it's hilarious when these fucking snakes are talking to Richter. 
this is like the best line that I've read in, in memory. You look like what happens when a gap and a Whole Foods have sex. That's an amazing fucking image. Yeah, that was great. And they just kept calling him like a hipster motherfucker. It was it was fantastic. Yeah, like some sort of And they hilarious. were like they were like nice shirts. Did your boyfriend pick that up for you? Like, and actually, he was like actually yes, but I don't appreciate the insinuation. Yeah, it was you know, it kind of just characterizes these these characters perfectly, you know? Like I feel like Richter would say some shit like this because then he goes on a tirade cursing them out and there's all these expletives that are out of there and what does boom boom do she finds food a tv and a ghost dog and she doesn't even like realize that it's a ghost dog yeah she's, that she's feeding, feeding it she's feeding it the the yummus the the, the yummus hummus which is amazing amazing that somebody actually wrote that can i just that needs to be a brand how much do i love hummus i eat it <laughs> All the time. You ate it last night. I, yeah, I ate it last night. Uh, when we go to the diner every Friday, if I order something, it's either a hummus platter or a hummus wrap thing. I just, I love hummus so much. It's and yeah, and uh, <laughs> I keep trying to push it on Jonathan. Nope. And he's like, you know, I'm not like crazy about it or whatever. And I'm like, but just eat it. It's no, so good. I'm less than. I don't, I, I don't understand why you don't love it. Taste it. It's delicious. Listen, I'm less than not crazy about it. I, <laughs> I think it's gross. I gave uh, it, listen, I gave it the old college try. You know what I mean? Uh, you, 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 you experimented with hummus in college. Uh, yeah. I don't like the sound of that. You were there. You're the one who gave it to me. I was literally a college student and you gave it to me. <laughs> so yeah, there's your college try. So anyway, uh, we've got Wolfsbane and Guido finally sort of reconciling. And, that, you know, that's what I mean about the characters in this. Because, like, you understand why Wolfsbane is so angry at Guido. And, like, you can't help but feel sort of bad for Guido because it wasn't totally on him. The dude didn't have his soul. He wasn't fully in control of what he was doing. It was a very sad situation. But then, you know, we kind of see um, Wolfsbane's nightmares and then we see the overlap between that and Guido's nightmares and how terrible he feels about having killed her son, like, all the time, especially now that he's got his soul back. And so, you know, she finally sort of forgives him. But the art on those two pages was fucking amazing. Adam Gorham is kind of an interesting artist. It's not, like, the most amazing thing, but it's definitely unique, and I think it fits this title. Um, I feel like... Ilyana kind of would have those short bangs and very little I, eyebrows. It's very Eastern European. You know what I mean? I feel, Am I wrong? Okay, listen. Eastern Europeans wrong? are the worst with their eyebrows. They pluck them <laughs> way too much. So yeah, those those right? would be Eastern European saying. eyebrows. Mm-hmm. A lot of them have pencil brows. Yeah, I'm not a fan of how they draw Ilyana. Really? Yeah, I think that she just she, like I don't know. There's something about her face. She just looks like a like a goth infant or something. Like, she looks like an alien. Yeah, she's dark mall goth. You uh, remember last episode? Yes. Did you forget that already? She she is. I think it kind of works. It's it's weird um, because she's never been drawn this way before. You know, her design has been pretty consistent throughout the years, I feel like it has anyway. Um, and so this is a little bit of a departure because, you know, now they fucked with, you know, her skin, her bangs, her eyebrows. She's a little bit paler, I think, than normal. So I get what you're saying, but I still think it kind of works for the character. But anyway, I could tell immediately that something was off with Doctor Strange, the way that he was talking to her. And that was great that Tran is in there and he's, you know, tricking Ilyana first into thinking that like Richter is dead, then tricking them to come follow to Doctor Strange's. And he's like giving them so much shit like, 
you're Karma's B-team, you're the fuck-ups, you're totally incompetent, and then, of course, Richter walks in with exactly what Tran needs to get his body back. And as far as I know, again, I could be wrong, but from my memory, he hasn't had his body back since his first appearance in 1980, when Karma absorbed him. And this was a crazy thing, like, he's saying that, like, he's been watching Ilyana all these years through his sister's eyes. And that's not something that I normally think about, that he's always been in there. You know, Karma's in control, mm. but, <laughs> yeah, more about the, the incest, right. the brother and sister together, yep. right? Yeah. But that's just crazy for me to think about. I think he's a, he's a great villain. Obviously, that temporary solution where Ilyana sends him and Guido into limbo, that's, that's just a temporary solution. That's not going to hold. Like, what the fuck is going to happen with that? And how are they going to defeat him? And when they do, what are they going to do with him? Like, obviously, they're not going to be like, Karma, this is your problem. We got to put your brother back in your head, baby. I don't know. I'm just, I'm, we've only got one issue left. Yeah, and I wonder if Guido is going to be okay, because, I mean, Limbo is a lot like hell. Yeah. So, you know, Guido offered to, like, kind of go with him and was like, send us now so I can, like, hold him. Yeah. And, you know, she's afraid of going there herself because uh, opening a stepping disc might allow Tran to escape Limbo. Yeah. Yeah, but, but you know, Guido's a, he's a big boy, you know? Some would say, uh... A, really big. Some would say a strong guy. Yeah. You know some, what I mean? Some could say that. Some could say that. So I think he'll be all right. So next up, we've got X-Men Blue, number 31. Uh, gorgeous art by Jorge Molina. I love the throwback to where Gene is with Max as a kid in the concentration camp. And if you haven't read Magneto Testament, that's your homework. Between now and the next episode, go read it after you're done listening to us because it was fucking amazing look into Magneto's like really early life. It was really fucking amazing. So, like, this Nazi gives an ominous warning to Gene in Magneto's head about his true nature, his anger, and how the real Magneto will always return. And I feel like that's what they've been setting up for a few years now. You know, he's no anti-hero or true X-Man. You know, that there's the villain inside of him and that they're slowly, they've been slowly moving him back that way for, like, the past few years. Yeah, um, I've always kind of seen him as, like, an anti-hero. I've never seen him as, like, an actual X-Men character, at least not to the degree that, like, he's not, like, a Scott Summers or Storm X-Men. He's, like, you know, a Wolverine X-Men. Like, you know, he still, he does, you know, what he's got to do to get shit done. And, you know, he's not afraid of, you know, bending the rules or breaking the law or anything like that. Yeah. And, you know, I've always respected him for that, you know, he keeps his ideals, that's my Hero Academia reference. Um, oh, man. Yeah, so um, with all the shit that was going down with Mothervine and, you know, he's, like, you know, going to go after Emma. That's part of the reason why. It's because of how she mind-controlled him during IVX. But then, yeah, she was working with Miss Sinister and, like, Alex. Evil Havoc and Bastion during the whole Mothervine thing. And then, you know, they invited him to join the team, and he didn't want to, and then they sent fucking mutants after him. And he's he's pissed at Emma now for a couple of reasons, um, and he's trying to get his revenge on her. So, you know, this was a nice lead-in to go to what Magneto's doing now, um, how he's going after Emma. He's, like, destroying the fucking Hellfire Clubs, 
he's just like bringing down the buildings and trying to find where Emma is. And, you know, Alex and Lorna are having like a very brief conversation. It was like one page. And Lorna's just like excusing him. Like, you weren't in your right mind, honey. Daddy is going to go after those who were. And like, yeah, he's really fucking angry. These scenes where he's tearing up the buildings and going after like the Hellfire Club members, they're really fucking dark. And his face is fucking scary. He's like not going for stealth. He wants Emma to know that he's coming. You know, and it's it's just it's kind of sad because like I get where he's coming from. But at the same time, I don't want to see anything happen to Emma. The kids go right to her and she's just like Jean's just like we're here to help. And she laughs at them. And, like, you know, that X gives you a carte blanche when it comes to trespassing. I thought that was funny. As if they're, like, living in an RPG world or something like that. But, um, you know, Iceman gives her shit and is like, as soon as your boyfriend was fridged, you know, you use that as an excuse to go crazy and start killing people. And I thought that was interesting for inside a comic book to use the term fridged be that because that comes from a comic book. Uh, what was it? It was Kyle Rayner, Green Lantern, uh, when his girlfriend or whatever was, like, killed and her body was stuffed in the fridge. And, you know, they talk about that now happening to, like, women in comic books. So they say fridge. So that was kind of meta. Um, and, like, Emma just acts like she's not scared that Magneto is coming for her. I'm like, you kind of should be, though. Maybe she's, I mean, maybe she still has, like, that death wish. Like, when she was, like, fucking, you know, Shakespearean like throwing herself <laughs> off the fucking mountain. Yeah. Like and then turning into diamond right before she hit the bottom. Yeah, that's yeah. that's some fucking like Shakespeare like walk into the water until you can't breathe anymore. That is Emma. Yeah. She's very she's very high art. Yeah. Very classy. <laughs> yeah. You laugh at me. She's beautiful. I love her. But yeah, I I just I loved everything Magneto was doing. Just seeing him, like, destroy these clubs and just look crazy. I'm yeah. just like, yes, that is my Magneto. That is daddy. Like, <laughs> hello, I'm here. Like, just like my fucking heart <laughs> every time I see Magneto. And on the yeah. last page, when they're like, it's too late, he's here. And he's just standing outside, floating in midair, looking like, you know, he's about to just fucking possess like the iron in her blood and just rip her body apart i want to go protect her i don't want that to happen i thought you were gonna say you wanted you wanted magneto to rip your body apart yeah that's okay that's, <laughs> that's fine if anything happens to emma rip me apart daddy yeah if something happens to emma then yeah please you might as well listen if he kills emma you he come for me next he's what not gonna, reason he's what not reason is there for me to go on seriously this but, is this is probably as good a time to mention this as ever but did you see that uh that picture with uh, your your daddy boy Cyclops, and it said like it's time to fix things or something. Oh, are you talking about that like preview or for make things right? Make yeah, things right. yeah. I yeah. did see that. I did so, see that. So, um, I don't think if Cyclops is coming back that they're gonna kill Emma like right before he comes back. That doesn't make sense. But also at the same time, I don't feel like Emma's gonna like the two of them are gonna start teaming up again either. At all, I don't. No, think that's I agree happen. because I don't know if Cyclops would agree with what Emma did. No, I don't. Uh, I don't know either. That's all very sad, and that's going to be a conversation for another time that I'm sure we are going to get to have. But, but um, I just wanted to mention that in this podcast that that image like just circulated last night. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure uh, I've been seeing it everywhere. I'm sure everybody's seen that by now. We don't know exactly what it means or exactly what's happening. Like, but... uh, like make America great again. What does that mean? <laughs> we don't we still don't know 
Well, we you still know, don't know what make things right means. You can ask, uh, you can ask Reagan's dead body because <laughs> that was his slogan first. But he had, let's make America great again. So, so th- th- there you go. I think that's enough politics for this episode. <laughs> Seriously. So I just, I was hoping for more Emma in this, in this issue. Hopefully we get more of her in the next issue. I'm just, I'm really scared, like that what's gonna happen to her. I'm, I'm scared what's gonna happen to Magneto. Like, even if she doesn't rejoin the X-Men, which I'm sure she's not going to, like, part of me wishes that, like, listen, Emma, just acknowledge you have some faults, you know what I mean? Just, just, and, and maybe That's say... That's not a very Emma thing to maybe do. Maybe say I'm sorry. No, it's not at all the Emma thing to do, but I can still wish. I can still wish because I want her to be okay. Go back to being an icy cold bitch right after, but just, just say I'm sorry. And, and it's fine. And, like, Emma was like, well, you know, if Magneto is such a problem, why were you kids, like, following him or whatever? And yeah. they were just saying that, you know, we had to watch him because, you know, we knew it was just inevitable when he went back to, like, his supervillain ways or whatever. Yeah. And they were saying, like, oh, he was never like this in our time. Bitch, what is wrong with you? Everything that he is doing is right. <laughs> like, he's doing literally nothing wrong. He's doing the Lord's work. I understand. Magneto has literally never done anything wrong in his life. Right, I, I agree. Unless, Good. Unless he attacks Emma. Then that's going to no. be the first thing. Yes. No. Yes. I'm sorry. No, you should be sorry. No. Apology not accepted, but you Good. should be sorry. I'm not sorry. Get out of my house. <laughs> All right, so next we're going to talk about X-Men Gold, number 31. And this issue was very interesting. It set up a lot of stuff that I'm, I really can't wait to see. But I want to start off by saying I was expecting and sort of hoping for more between uh, Shadowcat and Colossus. No, I was just hoping that they just never acknowledged it. Why? went separate ways. Why? I, I don't know. I just thought it was going to be you know like angsty and awkward and weird and i'm not about that you are angsty awkward and weird (laughs) those are literally the three words to describe you you need to take the autobiographical survey that i took earlier and Uh, you need to put those words in because it's uh, you might get extra credit for three (laughs) words instead of one did you do you okay (laughs) and 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 listen i'm sorry angsty awkward and weird that's a-a-w like you aw okay thank you yeah all right um (laughs) that that episode of the office where michael and janet jan 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 Jan. (laughs) michael and jan have the dinner party at their house oh i love that okay i have rewatched the office like six or seven times in its entirety (laughs) i cannot watch that episode i always have to skip it i can't with that episode it's just it's just the most uncomfortable thing i have ever seen in my entire life it makes me feel like, really uneasy. I forgot to tell you this. Do you remember a few weeks ago when I was still taking that last class? And um, I told you we watched that show, Transparent. Yeah. So the woman who plays Jan is in that show. Mm-hmm. And she's a lesbian. Ooh. And you get to see her make out with this uh, sexy mom. Nice. Yeah, it was pretty neat. So there you go. So there's that. So look that up, kids. No, I'm <laughs> just kidding. Yeah. And, no. and let us know how awkward you think that episode was. Yeah. And she's just dancing to Hunter's music, and then she, like, throw the Dundee at his, like, two-inch yeah, the TV. Yeah, tiny, tiny TV. And, like, it was great. Just that, that Hunter's song was just playing. Oh, my God. I can't. It was so bad. It's wonderful. Oh, no. No, but it's it's fine if it's awkward between Shadowcat and Colossus. I mean, they did have a brief talk last issue, but the thing is, is, like, 
the cover of this issue features the two of them. I'm like, okay, we're going to see the two of them maybe hash it out a little bit more. I don't know how it's going to end up, but let's see what happens. And instead, it was like two pages. Now, I'm not saying that like there are so many things left unsaid. I don't know. I'm not the writer, but I was expecting more from this, and we didn't get it. I did. I'm just glad that that wasn't like the whole issue, you know? Yeah, no, like, they no, got no, it no, out agree. Of the way, and I'm glad. Agree. I 100% agree. Before we move on to what really did happen in this issue, though, is this was not very subtle, but I still enjoyed it. The hotel that Colossus was walking out of was the Clareburn Hotel. Do, do you get it? No. Do you get Claremont and, and John Byrne? Oh, writer, writer okay, and artist? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They worked on the X-Men for a little while. I don't know if you know that. Yeah. You can't see it, but Patty is tapping me right now because I he started, started tapping, tapping her. me and it started annoying me. <laughs> so she's I'm she's tapping back. me back. And you stop. You stop first. <laughs> All right. So Jonathan just like sees how annoyed I'm getting on my face and just <laughs> keeps like smiling and looking me in the eyes. And I just stare at him all angry. No, you don't. You smile too. Uh, <laughs> the real focus of this issue was on um, Rachel because apparently Mesmero has been hanging out in her head for a while. And um, so that explains things. Yeah, that explains why she's been acting fucking weird and can't seem to keep control over her powers and was in like some fucking coma or whatever but still like we wonder why in the middle of this issue why we're getting why we're looking at the future you know uh everybody's older this looks like days of future past sort of you know it's like kind of confusing you know it makes sense it's rachel's future but sort of not at the same time you know but it was an interesting look into this because you know we see cyclops some like you know wonderful shadow cat and storm uh Shadowcat's like pregnant or whatever. There was this shot as a throwback to when the Sentinel killed Wolverine on the cover of Uncanny 142. Only it was with Ink. The Sentinel killed him. Avalanche was in there. I was so happy. And then you see Rachel as a hound. And I'm like, oh, here we go. Now this makes sense. See, I thought that this like flash forward thing was supposed to have something to do with Colossus and Kitty. And like, oh, they end up together anyway. This is their future. Oh. So that's what I initially thought that's that the interesting. flash forward was supposed to be. And I didn't realize that that's not what it was until you just mentioned that. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, oh, maybe it wasn't just to show the two of them and do end up together in the future. Maybe there's a different purpose for <laughs> No, but yeah, but this is this is Rachel. You know what I mean? Like this right, is yeah. Rachel projecting all this stuff. I was really sad though to see Scott die again. I'm like, do we really need to see this? Even though it was quote unquote Listen, young. Do Scott? you know? Do you know how many times I've had to see Gene die over the years? And now I'm rereading all the books. Do you know how many more times I'm gonna have to see Gene die? Yeah, but you know that she's coming back okay. every single time she dies. You know she's coming. I back. I didn't know that she was coming back this time until like you know last year. Yeah, but she's still back, is my yeah, point. Well, you know. I'm still waiting. Oh, wow. He died one time. She's it's been died. like a year. It's been like a year. Get over it. No. I waited like 15 years. It has been... It has been... How long has it been? It's been like two and a half years? Anyway, so yeah, that's what's happening. Mesmero is inside Rachel's head, um, and you know the issue ends with Pyro and Iceman, like older, in the one panel, and they're like trying to talk to her. And then, you know, in the panel right next to it, you know, they're in current time, like, Rachel, this is all in your head. Like, just calm down. I don't know. I, I'm really interested to see what they're going to do with this. I mean, the next arc, 
I don't know if it's going to, you know, go to the very end of the book. We know it's ending in a few issues, but it's going to be the Dark Rachel saga. So, yeah, that's going to be kind of interesting because look at how they're setting this up, right? How did the Dark Phoenix saga get set up? With Mastermind in Jean's head. How are we getting the Dark Rachel saga set up with Mesmero in Rachel's head? So this is... Very interesting. I don't want to hear any bitching from any fans on any of the groups because there's so much hate all the time for all these X-Men things like, no, Wolverine's the best. Oh, man, the fucking 1980s. I just want to fucking shoot my load all over it. <laughs> these new books are stupid. Like, they're yeah, literally... Choir shit. Yeah, they're, like, really just giving, like, the biggest shout-out to this classic huge story right now, I don't want to see or hear any bitching about it. That's not to you people listening, because again, you guys are the cool ones, but there's some assholes out there that just need to calm the fuck down. Right? Right. Right. So, are the cuckoos going about birthdays the right way? Am I the only one who can't stand Greg Land? You stick around while we take a quick commercial break. Are you a geek who's tired of using the internet for just porn? Yeah, but my wrist has become crazy strong. Think you're going to be alone for the rest of your life? Yeah, probably because of my obscenely huge wrist. Well, now there's a geeky website to keep you company. Geekade.com is a website that covers so many geekdoms, you'll never have to think about the stabbing emptiness that is your existence again. There's content for fans of Harry Potter, Mega Man, Pokemon, Doctor Who, The Avengers, and much, much more. Can, can I be friends with the Geekade staff? Maybe I'll find a nice geek to bring home and... Nope, that's weird. Stop being a weird creep and go to geekade.com today and tell us what's your geek. Would you believe me if I told you that liking a Facebook page would save Wolverine in the X-Men cartoon? Absolutely, I would. Well, then you're a gullible asshole. Hey, 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 you sound just like my mom. That cartoon may never come back, but the Facebook page 1 million to save Wolverine in the X-Men is a place just for X-Men fans. There's news, original art, and merchandise for sale so you can show off your love of the X-Men. The last time I tried to show off my love in public, I had to go to court and pay a fine. Head over to 1 million to save Wolverine and the X-Men on Facebook today and show off your love in style, and most important, legally. Okay, so for this month's Mutant Memories, we have a whole bunch that we're going to be talking about. Some of which will be in a little bit more detail than others. So They're about sexual encounters. Yeah, so this, so this is what I thought. So, right, so... You've got the, the wedding of Colossus and Shadowcat, so I'm like, alright, that, that's fine. We'll, we'll take a look back into their past and we'll, we'll pick something. Um, and you know, and then the, and then the wedding doesn't happen. Um, and I'm like, well, that kind of sucks. You know? Nobody, nobody, you know, ends up happy. Nobody ends up getting laid. Well, well, that's fine because Colossus and Shadowcat have kind of broken up before. So I thought to myself, well, let's think about the first time that they kind of broke up. And then we'll just see where it goes from there. So the first one that we're going to talk about is Uncanny X-Men number 183 from July of 1984. For those of you who haven't read these classic issues, what is wrong with you? You need to go read every single issue of X-Men. True. You can um, download this app and you pay like a monthly service fee like for Netflix or whatever, you know, a subscription fee. I think it's like $70 a year or something like that. It's called Marvel Unlimited. And you can like download the app on your tablet or your phone or whatever. And it's really convenient and it's legal and you won't get any viruses. And I swear by it. I love it. Good. I bought a tablet so I could read comics. It's great. I love it. Yeah. So And um, most of these are on there too. Yeah, so the, but this this story comes out of what happened with Secret Wars, the original Secret Wars, which again, I mean, you 
I'm sure everybody's heard of. Hopefully you've all read it. But again, if you haven't, you can go on Marvel Unlimited, and I'm sure they have all of the original Secret Wars on there. They are. So what happened while the X-Men were off-world is that Colossus fell in love with Zaji, and she was a healer, and they couldn't really communicate very well with each other, but they could with their bodies, so they did. And so Colossus comes home. You know, Zaji died while they were off-world. Uh, but that doesn't matter because Colossus fell in love with somebody else, so he decides to break up with Kitty. And this was really upsetting because he does it so, like, matter-of-factly. Like, you know, this is just kind of, like, how it is. He was, like, being such an insensitive douchebag, and she's trying her best to sit there and just, like, keep her shit together. And, I don't know, she's like, oh, he, this is somebody who said that he, he, like, didn't understand poetry, but he called this other woman as beautiful as the dawn and as gentle as the spring rain. I'm like, what a fuckwad. He was being such an asshole, and he even said to Shadowcat, this is very hard for me. I was like, what a okay. fucking... Okay, he was being Ross. <clears throat> he was, he was being like Ross Losses. Ross Losses. Ross Losses. Ross Losses. It sounds like a laxative. <laughs> I mean, it's it's basically just like, well, don't be mad at me because I fell in love with somebody else. Yeah. It's basically Ross from Friends, who I is the worst you. character ever created. I agree with you. I'm still just laughing at Ross Losses. <laughs> I don't even... I don't know. I kind of want to make that the episode title, but I don't even know how to type it. I don't know if anybody's going to understand. <coughs> like, oh, Jesus. Like, oh, there was a scene in, um, it was, I think it was in Friends. It was, uh, it was Ross there and Rachel was having a baby or whatever. And Ross is like, oh, has anybody ever been in more pain in their life than me right now? <laughs> And, like, they just, like, look at him. I don't... Was that in Friends? I forget if that was I in don't know. Friends or uh, one of those other shows. Yeah. Just the way that he was talking to her and just, like, so matter of fact, like, I found somebody else. I'm sorry. Yeah, like, <clears throat> Like, just completely invalidating her feelings. Just did not care about her at all. And, you know, um, she goes back to her room, which she shares with Ileana, and, of course, Ileana is there to, you know, give her a hug and, you know, try cheering her up. Yeah. And, like, this is, like, a lot of the era that I'm talking about. This, like, kitty on a ship. Because, <laughs> like, you know, who's there to comfort her? Ileana. She's always there for her. Yeah. You know, like, it's just it's just really upsetting because um, Kitty did absolutely nothing wrong. She did nothing to deserve this. Yeah. No, she just got, you know, kind of left behind. The X-Men were whisked away to this battle world with, like, that the Beyonders set up. And, you know, Shadowcat stayed home. And then all of a sudden, you know, the X-Men come back and then fucking this happens. So, yeah, it, it was just, you know, it's really upsetting. But it doesn't end there because Wolverine is not happy with Peter's behavior and decides that he's going to take him out, and Nightcrawler decides to, to tag along, and Wolverine demands that Colossus apologize to Kitty and explain himself. He's like, that's my fucking daughter. <laughs> <laughs> Logan, you know, he's kind of got some some deep words for, for Colossus. You know, it's easy to... Because Kitty is his daughter. <laughs> it's, it's easy to fantasize over what might have been, securing the knowledge that it'll never happen, rather than facing the risks and demands of reality. Like, that is actually deep, you know, for this little hairy Canadian asshole. That was I really love, interesting. I love hairy Canadian assholes. Yeah. 
What? What? <laughs> Wolverine is basically just giving him shit for being an asshole to Kitty. And, and it's wonderful. It's wonderful to see. But what is going to be the resolution of this little outing at the bar? Well, Wolverine notices Juggernaut in his civilian clothes, uh, flirting with some little lady. And Wolverine wants to keep it so that Kane doesn't notice them and get out of the bar. But Peter starts to get pissed at Wolverine for talking to him that way and spills his drink on Kane. So yeah, so it's fucking battle time. Colossus is ready to throw down with the Juggernaut, and they start to. Nightcrawler's like, no, we have to get out of here. And Logan's like, no, 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 no. L- let's let this one play out and see how it goes. It's it's just hilarious. It's and Colossus fucking is perfect. like asking for help, and Wolverine's like, no. <laughs> oh man, this was so funny. This was a really cool fight, you know? And this was back when John Romita Jr. was actually a decent artist. You know, just the punches that they were trading over the course of a couple of pages, and then fucking finally, like, Kane picks up the bar and slams it down on top of Colossus. And Kane is mostly pissed that the lady who was paying attention to him, attention to him is, like, gone. You know, obviously... And then he just, like, throws Wolverine a lot of cash. Yeah, like... like for the bar. This will cover it. So this is actually kind of nice, you know, because Kane asks Logan, like, hey, you want to step up next? And Logan's like, no, not at all. Because he got what he wanted. He got to see Colossus get a beatdown, which the fucking dude deserved. Um, of course, it was a good thing that... Uh, Juggernaut didn't end up with that lady because it turned out that that was Selene and she would have just fucking killed him anyway. So, yeah, afterwards, you know, Colossus comes to... Logan reminds Peter that Kitty was willing to marry Caliban and stay with the Morlocks in order to save Peter's life and the dude never even said thank you. Yep. I didn't even think of that. Yep. But yeah. So, Colossus yeah. was a piece of shit. I don't know. This is what comes out of communist Russia. What can I say? This is No, this is what comes out of male writers. Yeah, no, I, I think that uh, he deserved his beatdown. I would have beat the shit out of him because that's not okay. So then I thought, you know, after we talk about this issue, well, what are we going to talk about? You know, we're still on the topic of love and love lost and, you know, Shadowcat and Colossus. And, and fucking. And now we got Juggernaut here and, you know, Juggernaut, you know, kind of didn't have his way that night or what he thought was going to be his way. So I figured, all right, well, what about a happy ending for Juggernaut? What about a very happy ending for Juggernaut? So we're going to... extra. We're going to flash forward. That's triple extra. So we're going to flash forward to Uncanny X-Men number 435 from 2004. This was just after uh, Juggernaut fought Alpha Flight in Canada for trying to get Squid Boy to come back to Xavier's. And now he is in holding in this superhuman prison. And She-Hulk is there kind of listing off like everything that juggernaut all of his crimes all of the crime that he's committed throughout like his entire comic book career and it's just hilarious to see this one entire page of nothing but like the list of charges that jen is reading to him and she's like what is wrong with you and he's just like i got anger management issues so okay so fine writing's not the best really no big deal this is like while he's contained and stuff yeah he's like tied up and just like kind of seems like flirting a little bit you know yeah a little but bit. i mean you know he is being restrained and you know some people are into that yeah some people are into that and that that would have been neat all right so so fine so you know charles is all about giving his stepbrother another shot um even after all of the fucking laundry list of destruction and whatever and the lawyer is right, though. Like, you were stupid for harboring a super-powered fugitive. But I get it. Like, this is what the X-Men do. You know, it's like it's like when Magneto came to fucking Utopia, took off his helmet, and was like, 
I'm with you guys now. Nobody fucking called the police. Nobody tried to drop them off in prison. They were just like, we'll find a bed for you. Whatever. No big deal. Or like when they were harboring Sabretooth also, and they had him in that cage. Yeah. Yeah. Same thing. He'll get better. Sure. Yeah. Well, you know, somebody found out the hard way that he wasn't getting better. So you've got the rhino in this supervillain prison. He breaks out of containment. You know, it's clear that he's not in his right mind. He's actually looking like a rhino. We don't find out immediately that they're conducting weird experiments on them. But the juggernaut is actually trying to help. And it's like yelling for the guards to fucking, like, shoot him in the mouth. That's the only way that you can take him out. And, of course, accidental fire breaks the juggernaut free. And the juggernaut grabs the gun and takes out the rhino himself. And then surrenders to and the fucking gives guard the gun back to the guard yeah and the gun uh, the guard is just like whoa you know like the juggernaut is actually trying to do right now and this was all being broadcast live to xavier and she hulk and whatever and they were watching them and they were like oh see he is reformed he's getting better so jen was like all right i can fuck him <laughs> You know, he's, he's he's big enough. I can I can ride that rhino. This was this was so silly though. Like so they just end up fucking. They, she goes in and starts talking to him and he's like, you know, nobody ever asked me about, you know, like what I think about social issues or like women's liberation or whatever. And you know, then they do this stupid little flirting and then Oh, 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 wait. There was something I saw on on Tumblr like everybody asks Who's your daddy? Nobody asks, how is daddy? <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess that's true. But, um, you know, it, you cut to the next page, and this this is gorgeous. I love this. Like, this panel is etched into my memory. When you cut to the next page, and it's the aftermath of the two of them having had sex. The Juggernaut and She-Hulk in bed with the furniture destroyed. Shit, like, all over the fucking floor. The bed is destroyed, and it is just fucking amazing i absolutely love that i think it's hilarious this was part of like a short arc because then there's another juggernaut in the next issue i give no fucks whatsoever i just thought that this was amazing because the two of them having sex of course it makes sense am i right oh yeah no it definitely does and um you showed me that page before i had gotten up to that point in the comics and i (laughs) thought it was fucking hilarious (laughs) You know what a really great business venture would be for somebody who's living in the 616 is to open like some kind of hotel for superheroes, but it's like the danger room. So they can like change the rooms to accommodate whoever is fucking. <laughs> what? So like, you know, if there's two super powered people, like, like, you know, they don't destroy their entire fucking bedroom. They, they can have like a like a sturdier bed or something like sturdy fall floor and walls and stuff. Okay, um, I'm trying to think of like what else you could you could do with that room though. I mean, well, you know, what about um, if okay, you remember that Rusty couldn't like really control his fire power yeah. and stuff. Yeah. So what about when like if he if he jizzes, he just like starts fire. Oh, fire extinguisher. Oh, you have a room equipped with all kinds of fire extinguishers <laughs> just in case. And I'm thinking. I'm thinking you could have uh, a room with beds on every wall, right? Because right, then, right, right. then you've got somebody who, like anal who can cling to walls, and and he's gay. So if you know somebody wants to hold on to him as he's like right, right, right. hitting it from behind, and anal can cling on to like the ceiling or something like that. I think that's a great idea. So so yeah, it would be like customizable, like the danger room, so they wouldn't have to like build 
a room that's just beds. You know, they could just like press a few buttons and that would be like one of the settings. Perfect. So yeah, I think that yeah, giving giving superheroed people a place to fuck is mm-hmm. uh it's a good idea. It definitely sounds like a something idea. that it, that that is a very patty idea. <laughs> you know what? You know what? I'm I'm just yeah. So yeah, so so Juggernaut eventually lucked out. Um, and, and I'm sure there there are probably other times where where he's you know where he's cozied up with with a with a nice lady. But um, yeah, this is the first one that came to memory. But then I was thinking, I'm like, well, you know, okay, so that's that's the Juggernaut. But what about the stars of this story? That was just the huge thing the big wedding that didn't actually happen for them what about colossus and shadow cat well we flash forward a little bit more to cable and x-force number five which came out in 2013 colossus's powers are still out of whack after the whole phoenix force in avengers versus x-men thing and you know cable has been having all these premonitions and trying to take care of these threats or whatever and one of them went kind of sideways and now x-force members of x-force are they're being wanted as like terrorists right now so Colossus is hanging out with Domino, and she's getting all drunk about it. And she's is she singing uh, the song "Shots"? Yeah, which I fucking love that song. I hate that song. And I, that's Little John, right? It's LMFAO with Little John. I love Little John, but yeah. I hate that song. I that's the only song that I like by them. I hate their sexy uh, and you know yeah, it. Yeah, I love that sexy song. and I know it. Whatever. That's a great song. I'm sexy and, and I, I know, know it. it. Yeah. I used yeah, to play no, that. I hate that song because it had the dancing hamsters on commercial. Or was that their other song? No, Party Rockers. Party Rockers. Okay. Party Rockers was the hamster commercial with the, <laughs> with the, with the Kia. The oh, Kia Soul. Yeah, those are, those were kind of freaky. So, in a, um, in a that, way. no, that, that song and that car just, Give me nightmares. Yeah, so, you know, Domino's getting all drunk. She wants to get him drunk. He doesn't want to drink, but he keeps, she keeps bringing him more alcohol. I'm, I'm sure, you know, he had some. She's like, you're a big guy. It's going to take a lot for you to get drunk. And, you know, I mean, it cuts to uh, cuts to them in the motel. And, uh, you know, like I said, Colossus' powers are out of whack. He's got these buttons on his suit. So Domino pushes the button, and he turns all steel. And she's like, hmm, I like that. And he's like, yeah, yeah. So I'm like thinking, like it's like that scene in Mallrats where Jason Lee is asking Stan Lee about, like, you know, what about the thing's dork? Is that made of rock too? And I'm starting to think about Colossus's junk. I don't, which is not really something yeah. I want to do, okay. but does it, I'm assuming that happens. Um, but this issue ended kind of cute, you know what I mean? Like Colossus wanted to get out of there because, you know, at the end he turned himself over to the authorities, but like he was trying to leave quietly. And- yeah, and Domino is like, I'm a big girl. You can just leave yeah you can forget that's ever happened i mean like it was like a one-night stand like you know domino is not the type to get like really emotional and invested and stuff Uh, yeah colossus is a little bit more of the emotional guy but he's not being emotional here he's just like you know after domino says we can forget this he's like no i wouldn't like to do that like he wants to remember that happened and she kind of smiles you know and it was kind of kind of cute and sweet and then he went off and you know he did his thing so that was that was a happy time for colossus but then I started thinking, well, you know, that's going to be very sexist if I'm only looking at Juggernaut and Colossus. So right. I'm like, so I never read much of Excalibur, but I know that Shadowcat had a thing with Pete Wisdom. So uh, we're going back again a little bit to Excalibur number 90, which is from 1995. I really want to know their ages because I know that Pete Wisdom was actually a lot older than yeah. Peter S. Sputin. I'm just, I'm just curious how much the age difference was and how old Kitty was at this time. I'm sure she was probably at least 18. So the thing in this issue was, so Pete Wisdom is being held captive by some ugly dude calling himself 
shrine, you know, you, you kind of get the sense that Shadowcat's going to go save him. She meets these fucking gross things that call themselves the uncreated. And I thought that this was silly. They're like saying to Kitty, do you have a religion? Do you worship a creator? Kitty's like, yeah, I belong to a religion named Judaism. So, and like this fucking thing goes, there is no God. We killed it. And I'm like, that sounds like a terrible line in a bad horror movie. Like, it sounds so stupid. So I'm like reading this and I'm ready for Shadowcat to go fucking save the day. You know, Pete Wisdom's going to be the damsel in distress. Here comes Shadowcat. And he fucking, you know, of course, this goes all along with your whole man writing this thing. Um, Pete Wisdom manages to defeat Shrine himself. And then him and Kitty just like literally bump into each other. But they're so happy to see each other and blow this place up and walk away. And then at the very end of the issue, they set their jet for autopilot. And then it's just sort of like insinuated that they have sex. So the end. So, yeah, I didn't even read this issue. I was just, like, skimming through it to see, like, the part where they had sex. And it was just, like, the last page. And, like, her yeah. clothes were on the floor or something. Yeah, it was it was kind of silly. You know, You, I mean, it's not like, you know, this was the 60s where they couldn't do something like that. This was the 90s. They they could have. And I don't, I don't know why why they didn't. But then, like, you know, you look at the next issue and it's kind of still like, okay, there's, there's something going on. I don't, I don't know. It's kind of silly. I'm not doing the story justice. But um, that's not the point. The point was that, you know, uh, Kitty Kitty got laid, too. So everybody got laid and everybody was happy. Uh, and also, Rogue fa- fucked Magneto. That's another thing that happens. That's another thing that happens. Mm-hmm. So um, I'm just going to throw that out there. Uh-huh. Cyclops fucked Emma Frost. Nope. Cyclops fucked Jean Grey. Mm-hmm. Cyclops fucked Madeline Pryor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Cyclops fucked Lee Forrester. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Cyclops fucked, you know, the Marvel Universe. Like, oh my god! Oh my god! That would be... Oh my god! So there's like, the Deadpool kills the Marvel Universe? Right. Long shot saves the Marvel Universe. Uh-huh. Cyclops fucks the Marvel Universe. I just... I didn't mean, like, sexually. I meant, like, he fucked it up. But... <laughs> I would I would rather see Wolverine fucks the Marvel Universe because he's had sex with everybody. So... Right, but you don't give him shit for being a little slut... But you'll give Cyclops all the shit for fucking all the ladies, and that right, is a because, double standard. Because, because, okay, it's because um, Wolverine views sex like Domino does, and it's not like emotional. It's just kind of like a physical thing. But you know, Cyclops just is very emotional about it, and like you know, legitimately like cheats on who he's with and stuff. And I just, I, I can't get behind that. Yeah, no, I, and, and I understand. It's different. I'm not saying that he's he's always been the most upstanding citizen. The dude does have lots of issues. And I'm not saying that the fact that he's trying to make himself feel better about situations, that he's going about it the right way, but I still love him. And I still say that you only defend Wolverine because he's a hairy Canadian asshole. And by your own admission, on this episode, you've said that you love hairy Canadian assholes. And <laughs> Scott is not a hairy Canadian asshole, and that's racist. All right, so that'll do it for this episode of Mutant Musings. Thanks for joining us, and don't forget to leave us a comment on geekade.com, 1 million to save Wolverine and the X-Men on Facebook, leave us feedback on iTunes, and follow us on Instagram at mutant underscore musings underscore podcast. Did you like the first issue of X-23? Do you think that Colossus is really leaving the X-Men for an extended period of time? Join us next time when we'll be talking about new comics and some news. And until then... Rest in peace, Steve Ditko.